0: Hello, and welcome to Biologize episode 8. In this episode, I'll introduce you to flocking as a business biomimetic technique to help you tackle complex change in systems with multiple leadership and to help you create high-performing teams. Any system where there is more than one person, one organisation location, more than one business unit, or more than one partner organisation, there are rules of interaction. What's acceptable and what is not. Formal rules are known... Informal rules are understood and that there are ways of working for how things get done round here. A pragmatic approach is impossible to achieve as each person comes to the conversation with a different set of expectations, a different knowledge base and different understanding about what's important and what is not. Any energy that's put into developing relationships is usually on the basis of let me tell you what you need to know about working our way which is farcical, really, when viewed as a collection of such conversations happening between all people involved. I've often seen very senior people stop talking to allow others to talk, to then only restart from the point that they had left off. As situations quickly fail to deliver in the short attention span allocated, the focus shifts to organisation structure, hierarchy, finding a person to be in charge and others responsible for delivery. Whilst there's much talk about function and roles, it's often shorthand for job titles and departments, where accountability is given and responsibility difficult to take. An unsatisfactory position for doers, leaders, process managers, department heads, boards, customers, users, suppliers, everyone. Yet this approach is persisted through wrappers such as joint ventures, mergers, acquisitions, closures, partnerships, collaborations and secondments, It's time for a discussion about the birds and the bees, or the birds, the bees and the fish. I'm Phil Richardson, a biomimeticist with experience in delivering change through high-performing teams in complex systems. This podcast is based on a true story, a story from the natural world. Flocking is a business biomimetic technique that can be used to unpack the complexity of the current situation and provide a way to reimagine a new set of flocking rules for the future that will improve performance. This podcast will share flocking as part of a leader's toolkit to help you create high-performing teams. Let's look at building the model. I'd like to start in nature where there are great examples of how complexity has been solved. By exploring these situations in a biological context and then translating them back to a business context, it's possible to come up with a new model that can help solve complex business problems in an innovative way. The consolidation of the flocking biological model was created by examining a number of group-based biological systems. These were flocks, shoals and swarms. Whilst each has distinctive characteristics, there were common themes. The characteristics of the different groups were identified using a set of seven questions. What is the context of the system? How does the system operate in that context? What are the distinct features of the system? What are the benefits or results of the system in operation? What could be distilled as the key points of principle? Are there any immediate insights? What match exists to the existing business issues? The last question only being asked after the the previous six had been explored. Examining the answers to the six questions, the biological systems of flocking, swarms and shoals were consolidated into a number of themes which were rules, patterns, programmed responses, groups, protection, leadership, integration and coordination. The flocking model highlights the integration and coordination between individuals of the same species. Good examples amongst birds include the starling, Canadian geese and swallows. Many are familiar with the mermatians and starlings. This was originally thought to be created by the proximity to neighbouring b- birds for protection. Current thinking from the University of Warwick suggests that the aim is to get the level of light created in the flock to a point where all birds can see the light. The purpose of murmuration is thought to be for information exchange between the birds. Every bird gets a degree of light and the optimum opportunity to share and learn information. Some fish, such as sardines, exhibit similar behaviour as they swarm in shoals. This interaction has a number of attributes such as protection from predators and in reproduction behaviour to attract mates. In all the cases examined, there appears to be leadership and decision-making happening without an obvious leader and a rigid infrastructure. These examples of leadership and change are translated into rules and behaviours for business, such they can operate effectively without traditional leadership and management structures. Typically, management is hierarchical. Other vertical organisation structures have been used to create a flatter organisation, which reduces the different levels of management. However, all these models still propose a definite named leader. The flocking model has no vertical structure. It is based on the rules by which members of the organisation operate together. Swarming behaviour in bees and flies has also been included in the design of the model, after examining the latest computer modelling work on boids. Whilst the behaviour of flocks and shoals work by each individual having space relative to its neighbour, swarms work differently, because individuals are trying to be included in between neighbours. This effect causes swarms to bunch up tightly and therefore keep closer together. The different biological systems were condensed into a model that used behavioural rules, and I've called this the flocking model. The Flocking model, when applied to a customer service situation, would work in the following way. When a customer is seen, offer to help. When a colleague has been with a customer for more than five minutes, offer to help the colleague and the customer. When two colleagues have been with a customer for ten minutes, approach the customer and offer an alternative solution. Review the customer request to determine whether product or service needs changing. The above approach doesn't need a management structure. The same model can be used in a consulting environment where all consultants work to a set of rules designed to improve the client condition. This approach challenges the need for the consulting partner model and could potentially reduce the overall cost for clients. When combined with a robust training programme, the flocking model allows organisations to operate with no management structure. The flocking model is implemented by setting high-level principles that govern the business or problem being addressed. You may need different flocking models for different business situations or for different projects. What matters is that the rules are set as part of the customer-engaging process. It's important to note at this point that the rules are not business rules for process management, they are behavioural rules. Depending on the level of complexity you face, it'd be possible to build a flocking model algorithm to constantly improve the quality of the model's application. These rules are encapsulated in a set of processes which are fully focused on delivering value for the customer, however you define the customer. The flocking model is part of the Infinity context-free process framework that I developed to help senior leaders grapple with complex change, strategy and innovation. It is used in combination with traditional management models and concepts to deliver change, improvement and breakthrough innovation. The model provides a set of tools for leaders working with complexity to help make sense and drive new ways of working that can adapt and respond to the changing situation. When looking at behaviour models, such as flocking, I am often asked about structure. Do you still need it? The answer is often no. Going forward, I am going to use flocking as a way of describing people working together. Later in this podcast, I will explore the model and how to apply it. I imagine you are already starting to think about asking questions such as, Are members free to come and go? What is the contract between members? Is there a contract or is it simply based on a set of rules? I think there is more to it than this, as a flock is built on the fundamental instincts of survival. So if the flock means the better survival of all concerned, it is a good model to use. In this sense, it doesn't matter who the members are, or that they are from the same species. What matters is they all have the same reason for being there. So what are the reasons for people, organisations, or groups to be in the room? Is the reason for being there having the same objective? I'm not really sure. In the flocking model, it's important that each individual has space so they can be fully effective in the flock. It is space, energy, time, information, substance, and the behavioural structures that make up the flock. You may be asking, if flocking in nature, flocks contain the same species, how would it work when there is multiple species? Obviously, as humans, all members of a team are the same species, but they'll often come from very different cultures. And if the culture is different, the behaviours will be different, which means that the members of the flock will behave as if they're from different species. So will flocking work for me, my department, my team, my company, my organisation? Well, I think it comes down to purpose. What matters most of all is that every member of the flock is there for the same purpose. In a work context, that can be the same as bringing not only different people, but different cultures together, which is typical in joint working or systems working. The species is the same, but the basis on which people have been working together could be very different. It's unlikely that the members of a joint venture or system will agree to follow the flocking rules of one organisation. It's also extremely unlikely that working of the flocks, whether written or unwritten, use the same words, yet they mean very different things. Therefore, the flocking conundrum is about rules and about meaning. System working will require a new flocking model. That is, will be different to the flocking models that might exist within an organisation. Flocking rules could be known as rules, but they could be buried as values, and they could manifest as traditions, and the combination of flocks together, the rules will determine how the flock works or doesn't. So when creating a new flock, it's important that you uncover all the behaviours and traditions, the languages and how they manifest. If this is not done, the flocking is likely to be less successful and the team will become extremely frustrated, as will you. Flocking has a key role to play in leadership and the development of high-performing teams. In team management, it used to be very straightforward. There was a boss and this boss had a job to do. They either had many workers doing the same job for them and they managed the team or workers, or all the workers had different jobs to do, but when you added all those jobs up, they added up to the job the manager was being paid to do. Some managers were called managers, others were called chief executives, but essentially it was the same model. Then the internet happened, and it wasn't as straightforward anymore. People are expected to self-manage, to manage others they don't line-manage, to work across departmental silos and organisation boundaries, and to collaborate or partner. And using the old management model, this is essentially unmanageable. It doesn't really work. And for many people, it's still not working. So instead of managing, I think you need to flock. Traditional managers want to be in charge, to make decisions and be the boss. No one cares about that anymore. Self-organising groups migrate to favourable conditions, and it happens all the time in nature. Yet we still find some people insisting on being in charge. If only they could just let go, allow the flock to come together, focus on an agreed purpose, empower members, and as a result drive high performance. It would be worth giving up control, wouldn't it? Flocking does provide safety numbers in the business world too. It can help avoid the direct stare of a predator boss. However, it can also provide a hiding place for lazy behaviour. It's easy to be very busy creating spaces in the flock to let the light in, to be communicating with fellow members about where to fly and to fill up a whole day doing it. And in that day, not share anything useful to anybody or learn anything new. Not to move anything forward. And in the process, not improve the flock knowledge and waste the flock's time, but still be very busy. Very busy. Too busy. In a flock situation, these members will often drift to the outside. They stop being members of the flock, and a number are actually eaten. If the flock aims to have purpose and achieve purpose, these lazy flyers will very quickly create a culture of busyness and not deliver the purpose. This is not like distributed leadership, where everybody takes responsibility for a role they play and taking charge when they're best suited. Where individual members of the flock do not follow the flocking behaviour rules, they will reduce the effectiveness of the flock. Of course they won't see it that way, which is why you need to keep focusing on a different way of asking about success. Instead of asking what's been happening, you really need to ask have we made a difference yet? Have we had an impact? So if anyone starts talking to you in the flock, what they've been doing, just say, no, thank you, I'm not interested in what you've been doing all day. I'm interested in, have you made a difference yet? Let's now think about delegation. And let's have a think about that in terms of both empowerment and the opportunity to devolve. In devolution, everything is passed on, whereas in delegation, the overall accountability stays with the delegator. Devolution is very powerful in flocking. It means that the whole levels of bureaucracy can be removed if the flock accepts a full devolution. This means that the local management layers are not needed as the leadership is absorbed and empowered within the flock. And by devolution I mean they accept the purpose. This often happens in community groups where there's a nominal role for power and members of the group work together for the same reason. And this often trumps any hierarchy. Of course there are always going to be political elements at play. And that is why the flocking model is so powerful. It sets out the behaviour, political and power boundaries. It's a bit like putting a tap on the start of a pipe. Everything after that will flow at the right rate, as there's no need to constrain using management, or in this case a complex tap. It's similar to quality. Better to build quality in at the start than to check for it at the end. With a high-performing flock, devolution is better than delegation. Delegation puts a single point of management into the flock. This in turn puts pressure on the flock to manage and be managed. Evolution passes everything to the flock in the knowledge that the appropriate impact will be made as the flock has the impact goal as its purpose. Flocks become communities with a common purpose. However, they are no longer flocks if members have a different purpose. It is important that flock members constantly evaluate their membership to make sure they are in the right flock. All flock membership has a time limit. It's possible to be a member of more than one flock. In fact, that is more likely than not. All flocks are a community. But not all communities are flocks. There are also a number of other false flocks. These are often called departments, directorates, firms, organisations, teams, groups. In fact, anything that isn't set up to be a flock isn't a flock. Anything without a common purpose isn't a flock. How could this be applied to something quite complex such as public sector organisations and those who provide services to a community? Well, flocking helps people switch from thinking about services and a service-based model to a community-based model and delivering a purpose for a community. The flocking model is not fixed and doesn't provide a fixed solution. It's a concept which keeps changing depending on the situation so long as the purpose stays the same. The flocking model has three key components. Core behaviour rules. Shaping factors and the instance and membership. So let's look at the core behaviors. The first one is separation. You need to steer clear of other flock mates. You need to give people space so they can be the best person they can be. Alignment is about steering towards an average heading of flock mates. So here, if everybody's focused on the same purpose, Everybody will be heading towards the same purpose. And the more you orientate yourself around heading towards the same purpose, the better quality the the flock will be, and the better alignment there will be about delivering that purpose. Cohesion is about being collectively responsible, sticking together, delivering the purpose. Not going off at a tangent, not flying outside the flock. It's about making sure that members can hear or see as best they can. It's about helping engagement and it's about the best use of information and intelligence. You do need to keep a safe distance between flock members to allow full movement. Now let's look at how that would translate into a new way of working. For this, I'll assume you're working in partnership with a number of other organisations or department. It's more complex with multiple organisations, as there will be unrelated governance processes at each one. However, the principles are the same, and the simplicity of the approach will work for you. Here are seven steps to help you get started with flocking. Work with flock members who you value and have the same purpose as you. Use conversations to share what you know and acknowledge only the viable and valuable contributions. Acquire and simulate new resources. Identify new opportunities, ideas, tools and techniques and add them to the conversation. When you meet other flocks, tell them your story. Keep joining or splitting from flocks based on the purpose that you are following. And as a flock focus on the best opportunities that fit with a flock's purpose. So let's think about that in terms of application of flocking. Now that we've looked at flocks, think about how they could be used in your situation. Whether you're a project manager or a global chief executive, you can use flocks to help you better deliver performance. Flocks become self-healing teams that are constantly focused on the best opportunity to solve the purpose of the flock. The flock constantly improves its performance with self-selecting flock members who share a common purpose and who run on a series of positive contributions that add value. Each conversation, whether it's one-to-one, over email, through video or another technology, or in a meeting, is a positive contribution to moving the purpose of the flock forward. So don't have meetings which don't make that positive contribution, and don't have flock members in a meeting if they are not making a positive contribution. Flocks will have a common understanding about the way of working, They'll have access to the appropriate tools and techniques and spend time making sure they're getting the most from the situation. It's worth remembering that membership is not permanent as flock members flow in and out of the flock to be best aligned for their role and the value they create. New flocks are created as flocks get too big or a new flock purpose is identified, and in a moment flocks disperse into individuals as the purpose is reached. Flock members are no longer defined by their industry experience, their length of service, but only by the current value of their contribution. It's possible to look at a flock overall as a self-healing organism, so it's important to make sure sure that the flock has the best health and well-being. Flocking as an approach is also a mass collaboration, as the different flocks have self-identity, even though they will swap members. Applying the same set of rules to multiple flocks means that flocks all over steer towards the purpose of the organisation. Each twist and turn one step closer to the purpose. As priorities change through challenges or opportunities, the flock self-organise to take advantage of the opportunities or challenges flocks see challenges as opportunities so it means that the purposes at the start of the year could be very different to the purposes at the end of the year and that's a complete contrast to most organizations which set out on a series of projects and programs and persist in delivering those even though they're no longer fit for purpose the business becomes a flock of flocks organization boundaries no longer matter as the purpose is all that drives working behavior it's not a business centric model anymore it's a purpose centric model As purposes, most cases, has something to do with people. Flocking becomes a people-centred way of working. With a self-healing, self-designing flock, what matters now is whether a difference is being made. Key performance indicators will be replaced with key success factors. The question in the flock revolves around the positive contribution the flock has made on the purpose. Nothing of what I explored is about structure. It's about being organised and not organisation which means flocking can be implemented without changing anything other than what matters. I have given you an introduction to flocking, and hopefully you have got to think differently about using the flocking model. I wanted to finish by sharing with you a number of questions that will help you get started applying the model to your situation. The ability to map the relationships, recreate rules, suggests there is an algorithm for flocking, and therefore there is a solution possible for distributed leadership for any organisation, including the challenges you face in yours. Consider the following questions and reflect on them as about how you might want to apply flocking in your own situation. What is the purpose that you have and the community that sits around it? How does it define itself? For people who are working on a common purpose, what are the reasons for being in that particular group? Is it wealth or circumstance? Is it about locality or something else? What makes up this group? How do they know about the work that this group is doing and how do they share that work with others? How do people join or leave? Are there any rules set out? Then if you think about it and applying it to be a flock, consider what does the flock itself actually deliver? How does a flock agree its purpose? How do members share where they're at? Does the flock sense and respond to opportunities and threats? Could a flock, could a flock be where each member focuses on making things better and helps other members be better? And then there are some questions around ethics and how you might want to use flocks organisationally. Does a flock matter more than an individual member? Would be one example. What about flock shape? What if one member has a preferred direction to move and the rest of the flock doesn't? How would you deal with that? What if a flock member takes a wrong turn? How long will a flock stay together? Can you measure the effectiveness of flocks? And can we evaluate flock members over time? These are a number of questions that just help you start to think about flocking and how you might want to apply it in your situation. A copy of some of these questions to give you a primer to get started will be available on the biologize.co.uk website. In this podcast, I have covered flocking as a biomimetic model and how it could be applied to drive collaboration, prioritisation, way of working and driving performance. So the next time you see a flock of birds, a shoal of fish or a swarm of bees... Perhaps you could reflect on how well they are doing and how they're potentially getting things much better than you are. Or perhaps you could reflect on the flocks that you've set up in your situation and reflect on the performance improvement that you've seen as a direct result of doing that. Thank you for listening and I look forward to talking to you next time with another business biomimetic model.